Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Fighting a wildfire in Texas, watching a sinkhole swallow eight priceless sports cars, cutting pollution with chainsaws. Hear Chubb customers tell their stories at chubb.com slash podcast. And stay tuned after the show to hear how a new broadband network will deliver the internet to 40 million people in Mexico. Will Facebook kill all future Facebooks? By Erin Griffith. In 2010, Foursquare co-founder Naveen Salvadurai believed that his company and several other social media upstarts, Twitter, Tumblr, Path, could carve out successful niches against Facebook. But Facebook had other plans. That year, the company introduced a feature that allowed users to check in at any location, a copy of the main feature of Foursquare's app. In response, Salvadurai conceived an anti-Facebook alliance of up-and-coming social media Davids taking on the industry's Goliath. At a minimum, they could share survival tactics. Salvadurai had informal discussions with friends at Path, Instagram and Twitter, all of which had faced threats of Facebook copying key features. It was common knowledge, even back then, that Facebook would just approach a company and say something to the effect of, join us or we will copy you, he says. More broadly, they believed that Facebook's closed-off walled garden was hurting the thing they loved most about the open internet, the fact that anyone could build something that could reach millions of people. The alliance didn't get very far. In 2012, Facebook snapped up Instagram for $1 billion. The next year, Yahoo acquired Tumblr for $1.1 billion. Path declined in popularity and eventually sold. Foursquare remains independent, but had to split its app into two products and adopt a new strategy. 
Salvadurai, who left Foursquare in 2012, cites many reasons for the company's struggles, from arriving before users were comfortable sharing their locations online to Facebook's mimicry. It's really fun to work on consumer internet products, he says. But why is it getting harder and harder over the years? Because these big players are getting bigger and bigger. Now Facebook is facing challenges on many fronts. Congress is investigating how Russia used Facebook to influence the 2016 election. Privacy activists criticize Facebook's cooperation with censorious governments. Some regulators believe the company has become too large and powerful. The media industry is wary of its control over distributing content. And in its own backyard, many in Silicon Valley believe Facebook's aggressive competitive strategy is stifling innovation. Since 2012, Facebook has repeatedly copied or acquired social media apps that gain traction. There's the Instagram deal, and more astonishingly, its $22 billion acquisition of WhatsApp. Facebook attempted to acquire Snap for $3 billion, was turned down, and made at least 10 attempts to copy its most distinctive features. Last week, the company acquired TBH, an anonymous app for teens that has bubbled up in recent months. Facebook likely found out about TBH through one of its other acquisitions. In 2013, Facebook bought Onovo, an Israeli startup that makes an app that lets people monitor how much mobile data they're using. After Facebook bought Onovo, it used the aggregated data from its millions of users to track which apps are growing in popularity, the Wall Street Journal reported in August. Onovo Data reportedly convinced Facebook it should pursue WhatsApp and copy live video streaming services Periscope and Meerkat. Facebook isn't the only Silicon Valley company that competes aggressively against upstarts. Amazon started a price war with Diapers.com, then bought the weakened rival. When Google Maps competitor Waze became popular, the company bought it. But the speed at which Facebook identifies its targets, the amount of money it's willing to pay, and the shamelessness of its copycat products goes beyond its peers. Many observers believe Facebook is bucking Silicon Valley Convention, where competition is expected but innovation is sacred. Tech companies have always understood that they might be overtaken by upstart disruptors. They all started as upstart disruptors, and everyone's read Only the Paranoid Survive and The Innovator's Dilemma. Startups are the lifeblood of Silicon Valley, and it's an insular industry that often operates like a small town. No one wants to be seen as a bully, choking off a young startup's chance at success. Privately, investors grumble that they won't invest in social media companies anymore. There will never be another WhatsApp, they argue, because Facebook will buy or bury it before it's able to get to that size. Indeed, the number of investments in internet and mobile social companies has been steadily declining since 2014, according to data provider CB Insights. The firm projects just $693 million in global investments into the category this year, less than half of 2014's $1.4 billion. Meanwhile, some founders see selling out to Facebook, no matter how early, as inevitable. 
Josh Lee, a former Facebook employee, recently joked on Twitter that someone should start a philanthropic fund that pays founders to turn down Facebook acquisition offers. Lee, who is now a freelance designer, worries that Facebook's consolidation of power creates a void of creativity, since every company it acquires becomes indoctrinated in the Facebook way. If more entrepreneurs with differing ideologies were competing for people's time and attention, he says, we would end up with more diverse products and would be better equipped to analyze and critique our tech companies, armed with more counterexamples of how things could work. For example, Snap has largely avoided the issue of fake news because its content is curated and not ranked by likes. This shows the value of fresh thinking, Lee says. I think this actually may be Snap's greatest gift to the world, showing us that the Zuck way is not the only way, he says. Facebook still poses a threat to Snap. After Instagram copied its Stories feature last year, Snap's user growth slowed significantly. Such diversity is especially critical as Facebook's ambitions expand. The company's namesake app has 2 billion monthly active users. Its subsidiaries, WhatsApp, Instagram and Facebook Messenger, have a respective 1.3 billion, 800 million and 1.3 billion. Beyond social networking, the company's products are now pushing deeper into news, video, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, payments, customer service, e-commerce and drones delivering internet service. There's little stopping Facebook from using similar tactics in each new market it enters. Startups, beware. This podcast was made possible by Chubb. Hear how this broadband network will change millions of lives in Mexico, right now. 40 million people in Mexico do not have access to the internet. Our company, Altanredes, is building a network that will connect them to the world. Chubb wrote insurance policies that gave the Mexican government, our investors, and partners the confidence they needed to make this happen. They also cover our construction risk, damage to the network, and environmental exposure. For a project this complex, Chubb was the one. Hear more stories at chubb.com slash podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.